Hello, this is Christine Bates of Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to episode 133 of the Deep South Dharma podcast being released Friday, July 30th, 2021. It's been a couple of months since I uploaded a new episode. Some of you, if you've been listening for a while, may know that I have been working on doing a bit of writing. And What I thought I would do to get back in the habit of uploading podcasts again is just to share with you some of the writing I've been doing in the form of Dharma Talks here. So the writing I'm sharing today actually comes from a class on mindful parenting that my friend and colleague Karen Moran and I did in Nashville, Tennessee, several years ago. We used as a framework for that class the five A's of mindful loving that David Rico, R-I-C-H-O, uses in his books, How to Be an Adult, How to Be an Adult in Relationships. So this part one of mindful parenting is called How to Be an Adult While Parenting. In the Mindful Parenting Nashville group that Karen and I did, we incorporated the work of David Rico on the five A's of mindful loving, as I said before. The five A's are attention, acceptance, appreciation, affection, and allowing. I'll pass on the temptation to find them all right now. These weeks of posting, I want to do some deep dives on each of these A's. So for this week, we're going to talk about attention. Many of the ideas we encounter in groups like this may not feel new to us, right? Or in articles about parenting. We've undertaken a parenting group or a mindfulness group because we know we have a need for support in doing the things we already know help us feel better, if only we could get ourselves to do them consistently. We know being present keeps us out of mindlessly and painfully rehashing the past or fearing the future. And we know our kids need attention the way they need air and food. So when I first encountered this first of the five A's, attention, in the development of a mindfulness practice, it didn't seem to be anything new. It makes sense that attention would be first, though not the last aspect of loving. Knowing about it, though, was not the issue. There was the need to practice it. 
The problem for many of us is some cultural baggage we have around the word attention. There are some painful, even abusive associations with that word for some of us. At best, there can be a stress associated with trying to force ourselves to pay attention, as if attention were something solid that we were hoarding willfully instead of something that feels scattered and ephemeral. We may have the practice of exercising attention confused with that old injunction to pay attention, and we may be doing that to ourselves even in our parenting. But as I've began receiving instruction in mindfulness circles, I found something that truly changed my experience of life for the better. I learned that it is the quality of attention that helps me feel either more alienated or more connected. It is the quality of my attention that takes me closer or further away from my intentions. Mindfulness is not only about being in the present moment. It's also about the ability to bear in mind our intentions. It is the difference between anxious, judgmental attention and the kind of attention we offer a really good friend, that friend we can fully relax with as we sit down with them, phones off, hungry to hear everything that's going on with them these days. When meditating, or when stopping to check in briefly with ourselves in the middle of the day, we notice the sensations of the body, heart, and mind, open to what is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, the way we remain open to noticing the subtle facial expressions or vocal inflections of our friend. Our attitude is one of query, of openness to more, and of remaining with our chosen friend, even when something else tugs at our attention. For example, if we're sitting at a coffee shop with our friend, we continually return mind and heart to receiving our friend even as we keep an eye out for the waiter if she needs something. Sometimes what tugs at our attention is a genuine priority. Maybe a fire alarm goes off mid-conversation. But often, any old thing can tug at our attention if we don't happen to want the experience we're having. It's helpful for that reason to set a meditation timer, five minutes even, if that's what you've got so that you can notice the mind's reactivity to inner and outer experience. That reactivity will always come in the form of clutching at the pleasant, avoiding the unpleasant, and overlooking the neutral. So what does all this have to do with parenting, other than noticing the quality of attention we habitually bring to family life? And how different is it from the quality we offer a friend? It's typical to find ourselves grasping for positive interactions and teaching moments. Ugh. We dread the moments that are just not that much fun or outright difficult. And we overlook the bulk of our experience, lost in fantasies of life being better when this or that thing comes along. Feeling bad about these mental habits doesn't help. Scolding ourselves is not fair because the truth is we've largely been powerless over these patterns. They are a result of hardwiring, cultural and family programming. 
What does help is the recognition that we do have some rewiring to do. What helps is bringing our own minds and hearts the loving, friendly, kind attention we bring to our friend. Training our attention is what gives us back our power, specifically the power to choose. This kind of attention, open, caring, curious, prioritizing, is what we want to bring to our own experience when we formally train the mind-heart in timed mindfulness practice. We can also make a practice of checking in with ourselves as a good friend would at certain points throughout the day, right before a meal, say, or whenever we use the restroom. Anything that we do regularly throughout the day can be used as a chance to check in. As we make a habit of collecting our scattered attention, making ourselves welcome in whatever state we find ourselves, we more often embody the qualities of being more responsive, less reactive, whether we're dealing with ourselves, our kids, or anyone else. I want to close with an image for working with training attention that I first heard from Dolores Watson. She originally founded Flowering Lotus Meditation and Retreat Center near New Orleans, and we were at a retreat together that Lisa Ernst was leading outside of Nashville. Dolores described the difficult route, the one I referred to above as paying attention, as being like trying to balance a steel ball bearing on top of a bowl turned upside down. So this attitude toward paying attention is stressful, frustrating, and it's bound to create a sense of failure. But if we turn, turn the bowl over, turn it right side up, allow it to be still and allow the ball bearing of our attention to eventually settle still, then we can experience this stillness and rest in the center of all our activity. Let's sit with that for just a minute.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. We hope you'll feel welcome to share this with anyone you think would find it useful. And as always, feel free to message us your feedback, questions, or topics of interest. Until we meet again, take good care of this body, mind, and heart.